0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to The New Best Practices, a podcast about the process of creating software. I'm your host, Ross Hunter, and I'm joined by Jason Sitch and Jace Browning. So today, we're going to talk about delivery, and I'm going to let Jace kick us off on that one.
1: Right. So, like, okay, so what do we mean by delivery? Uh, I think we mean putting the software product we built into somebody's hands. Hopefully, like the end customer that's paying us money, hopefully we get it that far. Uh, but that, that, me- that means different things if you're building something different. So like delivering a web app means, you know, bundling up some front end and or back end code and pushing it out to, to servers or CDNs or something like that. Uh, delivering a like command line, maybe desktop dev tool app is just getting... Um, you know, the built package out on some package server so that people can pull it down from there. Uh, Delivering a mobile app, is that plus maybe a wait, a delay for some sort of review process on, you know, Play Store, App Store, that kind of thing. Delivering, I guess, like maybe a game, is that even longer? Because I don't think you, you know, you don't ship games even as fast as you ship Snapchat or something. Um, Let's see, what else could you deliver? I guess you could deliver... Uh, Something that has hardware embedded, that's even slower. Um, And that has maybe even like a regulatory aspect. I guess I just did it in order of speed. Like (laughs) web app is quick down to like embedded systems is is slow. But uh, in all of that, what what it takes to deliver um, varies.
0: Yeah, I know that uh, uh, both Jason and Jace, both of you have experience with like aerospace and like automotive where some of those things, yeah, they take years. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Go ahead.
2: uh, I was just going to say, like, projects taking, like, five years to deliver, sometimes even longer, so, yeah. But uh, there's still incremental aspects to it, too, of uh, delivering products that may not be the final product, but you still go through the motions and deliver something still on some kind of schedule.
1: Yeah, all those projects I worked on, they still should have been delivering faster. Not necessarily the final product, but at least iterative or anything like that. But maybe for this conversation, we start with just web apps, because that's probably the simplest thing. There's the least excuse for you to be delaying delivery in a web app. Unless it's like super critical, I guess maybe you're... You know, if you're building the bank software, it's a little different, but let's just for now, just assume like we're building just a run of the mill web app for fun or internal like portals and stuff like that. Um, so what is your, what kinds of processes are you familiar with?
0: So uh, I would say that the, I mean, a given is that we're using Git Um and uh github or or bitbucket um slash whatever jira thing it is nowadays stash or something um anytime that you run into uh, software where it's not easy to keep anything into version control uh, i mean i i don't even want to touch it and i don't i don't want to talk about it <laughs> um so, I think, and I think from there, you start talking about, um, since we start with the source control, we start talking about branching strategies, right? That's a thing that everybody has read a blog post or two about um, and maybe has an opinion about. Um, and I think that, you know, for a long time, there was the, you know, Git flow, that, uh, you know, seminal blog post that, you know, I think everybody followed that for a long time um more recently there's stuff like github flow or heroku flow which are kind of you know spins on that even more Uh, the idea being that it's uh quicker to deliver those uh than the traditional git flow git flow has like release branches and stuff like that that you that are maybe an outdated idea um with today's you know continuous integration and delivery and all that stuff um So, uh, so here's a question uh, that that's kind of uh, maybe gets to the heart of of a lot of what I've been thinking about lately. Is do you have a branch called develop?
2: A branch called develop that uh, shared, I guess, between developers. That's what you're asking about. that
0: is your that is your integration branch. Mm -hmm. That's where you branch from. You branch features. Do you branch from develop or do you branch from master?
2: uh branch from master i guess and master is what gets deployed uh
1: well i've seen i've seen both uh are you are asking me what i've seen or what, what it should be
0: <laughs> uh, yeah uh, yes <laughs> uh
1: well so again if you if you were following GitFlow, which is a good model like you definitely have that develop branch but i don't know i'd have to like go back to yeah those original blog posts to see if they're still Dictating that you should use that for building a web app, right? I think so. I definitely use uh, strict Git Flow for anything that is not a web app. That is anything where my users can potentially or necessarily be on different versions. Then I do Git Flow because I think that's what Git Flow helps you maintain. Um, because you have to be you have to be a little more careful if your users can be on different versions. So I build a lot of command line tools. And if I release, you know, 1.0, 1.0 is bad, but I don't find out for months. Well, a bunch of people have that bad version and are going to run into those issues. So you want to be a little more deliberate about your releases, but you know, for now, we're just talking about like a web app. So no, I don't think a web app should have two mainline branches. I think you should just have one
0: mainline branch. How do you handle, uh, user acceptance testing or, or even just, uh, testers, uh, any, any type of quality, um, assurance type testing manual to be clear, manual testing, You, you have automated tests and stuff like that. I think that's another given.
1: Well, you could, I mean, maybe let's, let's step back even. Like what? What if you had no branches? What if you or what if you literally just had one branch? Right? You just you just push it. Everybody pushes to master, and you at some point you test what's out there. You bring your testers in and test what's out there. If they like it, then you push that over to production. Is there a problem with just that workflow? Because that that is not what most people do. But what's what the, what's the problem with that? Because that's even simpler than. Um, you know, GitHub Flow or Heroku Flow or any of those things.
2: I like that. I actually want to try that. Um, it's like, yeah, why not? What, everything should work all the time. You can feature gate stuff if you really need to hide stuff from end users, but uh, get it out there, get it integrated.
1: So I, I, I honestly don't think there's that many bad, re- bad reasons to do that from a delivery aspect. But there are bad reasons to do from a technical debt aspect in that you're clearly saying the code you write and the commits you craft and that kind of stuff is not important you know there because there's no opportunity to clean it up you know assuming you're not all like literally sitting at the same computer discussing it as you do it if you're doing if you're working you know remotely or apart from each other then you're just writing cruft on top of each other with no like thought for like structure cuz you won't have really had time to see what other people are doing you know there's not really a step for code review in that workflow is there
2: uh code review yeah i guess not um, cuz it all just goes out there i mean you could i there there's nothing stopping you from reviewing a set of commits right like you could you could give me commit hashes for stuff that you've worked on that encompasses a feature i don't see
0: yeah you i mean you can still have pull requests in the uh you know trunk based development uh you know I've, I've heard it called um you can still have pull requests it's just there there's only master and um and your other branch. i
2: think jace is saying only master though so i pull master and i commit straight to master that's what you're saying jace right? yeah
1: well like i'm saying yeah. well, let's start there for the discussion. Um, And then add more and more branches into the process as we go. So we're saying like there's literally just one shared branch that everybody pushes to. And
0: and I think that would cause uh, everything you just said of just having a bunch of cruft. And I mean, that's just extremely error prone. Uh, You might be if if everything is going directly to master, I would be very paranoid and I might be paralyzed. Yeah. I might not want to commit anything, you know? Um, so I think you would have, I, I mean, I think you want some sort of feature branch. Why out. not
2: trust yourself? Why not just stop writing cruft and just write good code, Ross?
0: I'll try that next time. I, Thank I, you I think we advice. need, I
2: think we need to run an experiment where we all yeah. just commit to master directly and see what happens. Cause I'm interested. I think, if, if you work with people that you trust and you guys understand each other, why couldn't you all just push the master and I, do you need code review at some point? Um, other than like familiarity with other people, I mean, if it does the thing... Um, but how do you know
1: it does the thing?
2: I, why would you not write tests and things like that? Well, I think like, prevent you from writing there's tests.
1: There's more to working software than just writing some unit tests right
2: there's there's integration like end-to-end product testing yeah
1: and in in this model we're talking about of just a single branch you'd always be running that after so you'd have a lot of rework on top of work which would also have to stop you know other people from pushing to that same branch while you're doing rework otherwise why you why hit
2: why would chaos. you have re- why would you have rework though
1: because you find out that the thing that you pushed and and deployed isn't actually what you want
2: why don't you focus on that why did you do it wrong why did you do a bad job in the first place
1: because the the environment that you're deploying to that's the first time you have a full uh, the full envir- the full like production-like environment.
2: So you don't you don't know what you're doing until you get it out there. Yeah, kind of. You or? can do
0: the wrong thing well, right? I mean, you can cut, you can do the bad, the wrong thing, and do a good job of it and show it to somebody. You, Somebody's like, "Oh, this is not what we need."
2: Yeah.
1: And if you only have one branch, so let's say you do, you know, you get you think it's really good. You think you wrote good code. Maybe you did, but it's actually not what your customer wants. And you show it to them. They say, no, I actually need to do this. If you only have one branch, you have to stop everything else anybody else was about to do because you need to spend time reworking what you have out there. If you're trying to, if like you say you have a big team, you know, 10 people, you know, you'd have to like stop the other half of the team from pushing new stuff while you're trying to rework stuff that your customers already seen and they're saying it's not what they want.
2: I, I think the three of us could run a project where we understood what we needed to do and we wouldn't have rework, and we call it commit to master.
1: It's possible, and it'd be I fine. Think the three of us, maybe. But
2: now I'm not saying that scales, but <laughs> yeah. the the things that you guys are pointing out are go back to like customers' requirements, stuff like that. Really, I mean, it's just the the fallout of not understanding what you're building.
1: Yeah, and you know, so in addition right. to you know, at the beginning we talked about different kinds of software products that get delivered. There's also within the same kinds of product, so we're talking about just run-of-the-mill web apps, different points in the lifecycle of that web app. If this is your first 100 commits of the project, I think you probably should just push to, push to master. If you're just spinning up frameworks and getting all like some basic views in there and setting up models and you don't even know what the models look like yet, you're just kind of guessing and trying stuff, I think in, there, in that case you probably should be just pushing to one branch it's probably too early to think you're going to um, even do like a formal code review process. What do you think about
0: that? I, I agree with that. And, and I see people, this is one of the reasons I asked like, do you have a develop branch anymore is cause I see this a lot where in early development, I'm going to, I'm just going to tell a story here in early development, it's good to kind of have, just the one branch you're pushing you're just trying to get something up you're trying to get something up on its own on its own legs until you've actually kind of delivered that to some customer that is relying on it, I don't think you should have a develop branch. I think you should just have your master branch. then if you do if you do require um, if you're you're at the life cycle of the project where you do have customers relying on that, then maybe it does make sense to have a separate develop branch that is your your daily integration branch if you're doing active development on it. I've also seen uh, projects that have gone past that stage of development where only a few features get added per year, but they still kind of have this develop branch and everything still goes like develop staging master even though there's like one thing at a time that one developer is working on. So... I I like that. I like how you put that of a life cycle, because I I do think it matters which stage a project is on. And it's not just an increasing, um, it's not a linear path where like, okay, we're going to do continuous delivery and it's the perfect solution. And for the for the lifetime of the project, I I think there are life cycles. I, I like that term.
2: I think there's valid reasons to have environments, maybe separate branches for uh, regulatory. Like you can't have certain data, but you need to use the app somewhere. Um, I I know in past experience, having developed staging and master, it's it's kind of a shit show. Where sorry for the language, but um, your develop is this weird thing that kind of works, and then it doesn't work on staging. And you try really hard to make staging work once you, you know, you're trying to promote developed staging. And staging has totally different data than what development does. Development has just crazy data that doesn't make any sense. Staging kind of makes somewhat sense. And the production has a huge amount of data that's not reflected back in, like, staging or something. And then the same thing for certain maybe native dependencies or things that just aren't configured the same between the three. So I think as you add, you should be cautious adding multiple environments and therefore maybe even multiple like develop staging master because they naturally kind of diverge. I think we're getting to the point with tooling though, with Docker and things like that, where we could kind of standardize. But I think you, you certainly, you incur some type of risk, right? As you add those that you just need to be aware of. Um, you, you you incur also some complexity. Even if you do use Docker or whatever to set those environments up, um, you have three things now instead of two or one.
1: And in the, the process you're describing, staging is 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 a separate environment but is also a separate branch?
2: Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm trying to remember how we actually Great. ran it. It's been a lot of years yeah. since I've had a project. Because I've seen...
1: Data. Yeah, I've seen all of those. I mean, I've seen there's just one environment it's production you know there's next you could have production and staging the next thing you could add would either be maybe a like a dev environment which nowadays i don't know why there's a dev environment i don't know what that's for
0: yeah i don't, don't think, think don't do you that should
1: ever have that uh <laughs> but then
0: that exists on your right, machine
1: yeah you're yeah it should yeah ideally um so then I think the next thing you'd bring, once you have like production and staging, is then maybe some sort of test review lab type one-off environment for each you know, feature branch. Uh, and then I guess you could also have just production and those one-offs and not have any sort of concept of staging. It kind of depends on what you're building and what you actually want to accomplish in each environment. Because what I've seen happen when you have like developed staging production is nobody knows what develop is develop environments for. It's just it's just there. So it's like, what? why are we maintaining this environment and going through extra steps to get code to the next environment if we have no idea what this environment's for?
0: So if you have somebody whose job it is to do manual testing of the feature you just made, how do you deliver the code to them?
1: I think it also depends what their uh, focus is. So if it, let's go, let's say you are building like a bank website. Their job is probably not, I mean, it hopefully is part of it, but their main job isn't make sure the, you know, we have nice UX of our buttons and everything navigates correctly. And we've met our branding guidelines, their job, the reason the company hired them is make sure you can't like leak bank data or something. So they're supposed to be testing right before the end of the line. So they, in that case, they would be doing their testing. They probably do some testing in production too. Uh, hopefully, they have you know auditing in production, but they'd be testing in whatever environment comes right before production, so staging. But if you don't have that kind of product and you you're you have a tester because you want them to prove the quality of the product uh, throughout, then ideally they're testing sooner than the integration moment because the integration moment's a little too late to, to change things, especially if you have a a large team where you're dropping features on top of each other.
0: Yeah. I've been on a couple projects where I've, I've come into them and they already have a process and they have a branch called, um, QA or UAT. Um, and it's a it's a branch that lives off to the side that basically is where features get merged before they get merged into develop they get merged into this branch and this branch is deployed and testing happens on that this deployed branch that has caused a lot of problems uh, in in the stuff that I've seen.
2: Um, What's the point of develop in that scenario?
0: That, man, I wish I knew. <laughs> um, so, no, so so the the point, uh, I, the arguments for it are that on this QA branch, it there's some manual testing and someone will discover a problem. And so you make fixes in your feature branch, and then you push your feature branch back to QA, and it gets tested again. But when it's done, when it's completed, uh, when when Q, when QA has QA'd it <laughs> and given you a, you know, marked the Jira flow into the, you know, past user acceptance testing, um, <laughs> then you're allowed to merge it into develop, which is a branch that's over here that has completely different code than was tested by the tester that the code that the tester tested had any number of other features merged in some features uh, some branches may be missing it's 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 been a problem and i and and i just i don't know how you land on that solution i i've never seen that before but i've been running into it so i would
1: guess that oh and don't use qa as a verb
0: oh yes i did that uh, very much on purpose <laughs>
1: i would guess that, be- that at one point someone set up their tooling to create this test environment that can only deploy from that qa branch and nobody knows how to change that uh because they're it sounds like they're almost doing everything right and that they want to do some good testing on the features before it's later than they'd want, you know, because they're probably not just merging them, you know, you said this, you brought that up, Jason, you know, why aren't they just merging into develop and doing the testing there, probably because their testers are finding a lot of things. And then it's later than they'd want, because now they have to now they have already integrated features that they have deemed broken in some way. So they want to do testing earlier than that. But they just don't have the tooling that lets them deploy to a test environment right from their feature branch. So they have this some other weird mechanism that they have to merge into this other branch and that's just how it's set up.
0: It, it definitely seems like it is a concession. It is, it is a given that, oh, well, we have limited number of environments. So this is why we have to do it that way. And I, and I think that's just wrong. I don't think that's true anymore. I have worked with build systems that could build individual feature branches. And that completely alleviates this whole problem. If you can automatically build a feature branch, like create a PR, uh, then have your CI system build the merged branch. That's another thing, you know, not building the branch itself, but building the version of the branch as it would exist after the PR has been merged. Um, So it's even closer, you know, to what production would actually be. If you can deploy that, throw it up on you know Heroku Labs is like is is a system that I've used that have done that has done this the best. But you could, I'm sure you could automate this with Cloud Formation, Jenkins, whatever. If you, if you don't want to pay Heroku a little bit of money and would rather pay a human some money to do it, um, that has been the system that's been far and away the best that that I've run into because you can have any number of people. Uh, we I've had like designers be able to QA the stuff, like being able to check it on their iPads and, and, and all that stuff like before anything has been integrated. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I don't think there's any good reason to avoid that other than we do. We don't know how to do that. We've never done that. We've never seen that. Uh, we haven't convinced the right people of its value Right. or just like, you know, we don't know how to do that. Um, now I think you could get by, let's say it's a very hefty web app, right? That has lots of things to it. And it's not just like, well, run it on Heroku, you know? you know, uh, There are you know lots of web apps that are too big, too big to even make sense to run on something like Heroku or have lots of like services built into them or is this whole like Docker Kubernetes orchestration or something like that. But even if they only had one of those environments, they could just take turns, right? I mean, How many testers are there? If there's just one tester, then you probably only need one test environment. Now, it's nice to have lots because everyone should be able to do testing. Your designers should be testing. Your product owners should be testing. The developers, other developers should be testing. All sorts of things. But even if you only had one environment, you should be able to just take turns rather than have to merge into some other special branch.
0: Well, and you also said something that I think... A lot of people uh, maybe miss is you said your developers should be testing. I I agree a hundred percent. I don't like the idea that I do a code review just by looking at a website on you know looking at GitHub, looking at some diffs and go, oh yeah, here's like maybe do it this way, whatever, and like approve. I I I need to see that code running before I approve it. Like I. I like to have at least some sort of and I like to do it when I'm reviewing other people's code and I like people to do it when they test my code is can you actually run this is there some weird uh, did do I have a dependency that I don't realize you know I'm running a different version of MySQL like this came up the other day I was working on something and I had MySQL 5.7 and worked you know works fine on my machine all the tests pass um, but production was 56 if if another developer had just pulled it down they would have seen that
1: Mm -hmm. now jason i'm curious so you still want to try this like everybody pushes to one branch how do we avoid what ross is describing later into the project do you think it's possible to avoid that if you
2: what what does that cringe ross describe which part of what
1: just the idea Mm -hmm. that you wrote code it looks great code reviews fine the app doesn't actually run and we've already
2: like shipped it. You roll, roll forward. Like I think more things should be roll forward. It's a rollback. Like, and I understand depending on your product and things like that, you may not be able to do that. But if your web app, like get it out there. Oh, it, it automatically breaks like roll. And there's no reason. Why can't you run that single branch locally still? And what, I mean, that's, that's not, you can have, either via Docker, you can have um, other tools that can help you settle on configuration, I guess. Um, you know, to know that, oh, you have the correct version of MySQL installed, like everyone's using the same. There's, there's things that help you do that. Um, you know, like Ruby is a, there's like a Ruby version file, you know, that we use in our current project that tells you this is the version of Ruby that we run. So why why not take that kind of stuff out of the equation where you just lessen that? I understand stuff stuff can still happen, but let's like lock it down as best we can. There are tools out there that do this type of stuff. Use them. And then, yeah. you know, if something bad does happen, like I said, roll forward. Like it's a thing. Fix it. Get it out there. Um uh, and I know that really applies more to like websites where you can roll forward fast and get it out there um i know there's things that deploy a lot slower than that uh where roll forward may not be the best option but if you can do it
1: what do you do though when you get to the point where do you well okay do you fix everything then anything that looks wrong in the stuff that you've already shipped do you fix that before doing anything else
2: that's a lifestyle choice jace
1: what (laughs) what i've always seen happen is that eventually you know Somebody that's got a Gantt chart in their hand says, no, we're not going to fix that.
2: That's a lifestyle <laughs> choice. That guy wears khakis and he tucks his shirt into his pants and it's buttoned up. So, I already know who you're talking about. So now
1: you've got to get a bug database because now you're collecting things that you eventually want to fix. Um,
2: oh, yeah. You definitely want a bug and database. And now,
1: anytime there's new development and you're finding things wrong, you have to decide, did I just do this? Oh, no, no, that's one of the... Sorry, that's one of the thousand bugs that we already know about and we're ignoring for now. So, <laughs> it just don't worry about that part. Oh, wait, it looks like you broke the form. No, no, that part of the form's already broken. You didn't break that. So just, we're going to ship this anyways. Um, it, It's a disaster. Uh,
2: Someone has to define quality, Jace, okay? And what's acceptable. So...
1: I, I think that's the... I think that though is the main argument against dropping feature branches once you're t- like for a big enough team is you want to be able to catch trivial stuff before it's too late, and not have to make not have to make your PM decide whether or not like that button that's that's like misaligned is even worth fixing. If it, if it lives on a feature branch, of course it's worth fixing. It takes you know it takes a second and you just push it again and it's fine.
2: Yeah, I, 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 don't, I think there's ways of both process and tooling to take care of a lot of the stuff that you talk about or, you know, a little bit of both. And also, like, if it's misaligned, someone, is, we, we got it out there and it's just something that's going to change, right? Isn't necessarily a bug. Like, you have to also classify what's a bug. You know, like I just said, you got to classify what, what does quality mean to you, Um what is a bug like a, a button that's off five pixels maybe I would say that's not a bug that's just oh that's a thing it's out there yeah like that my definition of quality just allows it right and if you want it to change we roll forward we put you know I maybe use Trello or something to track what to do and we put something that says hey, move that button five pixels it becomes a new change that comes out right
1: yeah in in my experience it becomes very well it becomes a very uh soul-crushing environment to work in when everything is broken and everyone's saying that's fine. like because <laughs> then there's like not much incentive to make nice, delightful features when lots of it's just broken and everybody's just like, well, we deferred that, you know, we care about shipping more stuff, you know, we don't uh... so I'll, I'm gonna tell a quick story. So this is not a web app, but it's it's built on a web stack. <laughs> A giant infotainment product with hundreds of engineers working on it. And essentially with just one branch. I mean well, more like that. There's no version control at all. But if you want to think about it, it's just pushing forward on one branch. And I mean, dozens and dozens of testers testing at different parts of the product at different phases. They're all testing the thing that was done weeks ago. <laughs> so when they find a bug and report it up to like to program managers, now the program managers decide: Do we keep working on the schedule, or do we go back and fix a bug from three weeks ago? That's real bad. It's a real bad bug. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, other teams are still pushing more code on top of the, the product that's already deemed broken. It gets it, it, that that project could have really benefited from another branch. Mm-hmm or what, what would you uh, have called it i think because that that project had hardware i think you can justify like a, a develop branch you know i think you have a, i think you have two branches uh well you probably have lots of branches like that target different hardware versions because that's another dependency you know imagine you have to deploy your web app to multiple internets that had different capabilities or something like uh <laughs> it would be like that kind of a, a fiasco
2: yeah, I I don't know. Again, like it comes. I when I worked in aerospace, right? We had a project, and our we had a level of quality, right? We did. You don't ship bugs, known bugs, in aerospace software. It just that's not what you do. Maybe maybe people do. We we did not in our project. Um, <laughs> I think there might have been like known issues. Like there might have been something really weird where like. Oh, yeah we know it's an issue on like startup in the test environment that can't actually happen, you know, like we we discover some type of really weird hole that cannot actually happen in real life, but we still identify it or something, and we we put it out there that, like that's the level of quality, right? And I know you can't. I, I don't it comes down what I'm trying to say comes down to the lifestyle choice of how you want to live and what how you define it. and people people want to deliver stuff and they want to do new features and, to them, maybe it's okay to what things yeah, slide. But I you bet know, this is fine. Which which frame of that comic do you live in? Is but what you I bet to ask not <laughs> a
1: single line of code you wrote on, it, on that Aerospace product was an experiment. Like, you were never writing a feature to no. see if your customers wanted it. And I think that's kind of the difference when you're building, <laughs> um, you know, a, web, a consumer-facing web app is a lot of it is you just trying things because you need to get it in front of somebody to see how they react to it.
2: What, well, what, do, what does that have to do with it, though? Does that mean that you, you can write lower quality things? The food, thing that you like put you're in front of the,
1: the, the, you know, you have a customer that's giving you some of their time, you know, a beta user or something. The thing that you show to them shouldn't have a thousand things that you know are wrong with it because they're just going to, remind you that all those things they told you last time are still broken and once they once they experience that week after week after week eventually they're going to stop giving you feedback because you're clearly not listening to them so i think that's why you don't want to just ship constantly from master if you're trying to get user feedback
2: i don't understand so you're you're knowingly shipping bugs is it because you're? Is it because you're a bad coder, or you don't know what you're you're writing?
1: Uh, everybody ships bugs, but <laughs> well okay, everybody. Everybody writes bugs. Uh, you don't have to ship the bug, but <laughs> if you only have one place and you always ship, then you of course you <laughs> ship the bug. So it's a balance of avoiding the shipment of a bug by doing some testing on a branch, delivering to a. a Test environment first, rather than delivering right to your your main environment. I, th-
2: I think it's just people being lazy about software development, honestly, and about um, not thinking about how software works together, not having experience of how stuff fails, and accepting a level of quality that they probably shouldn't, that naturally just keeps on accreting, just keeps on building and, uh, you know, it's just a sinking ship. Like that's, that's my thoughts on the I don't deal. Know.
1: You must work on some really high quality products.
2: <laughs> 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 must be. No, I, maybe that's why I think this way. It's like, I, I, I have experience now and I know why things are the way are.
0: But how do you ever, how do you get better if you're not doing code review? If you're not looking at, if you're not taking the time to look at code, if you don't have other people looking at your code. Like, I like the ceremony of code review, let alone, like, yeah, it finds bugs and stuff like that, but also somebody shows me, so, you know, this new thing, in, in you know, ES6, you, you know, destructuring or, or any of these types of things that, like, I learn by doing code review. Um, I also We also find bugs um, and f- find new and better ways to do things so it's not all just finding bugs
2: it did um, yeah it, it, it could be well it, it, oh. even
1: bigger than that it's uh, accepting like user stories did it does it do what we wanted it to do and if you're always doing that on a shipped product, then you're 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 necessarily unless like because you're not you're never going to perfectly understand some user story or spec implement it perfectly and your you know product owner never says anything because everything's always perfect uh if they're if you're letting them discover that a user story is implemented incorrectly and, and it's on this like main branch uh aren't you just constantly dropping broken features on top of each other
2: I'm I'm trying to say that I think I think we waste a lot of time on stuff where maybe we're not getting to the core core of issues in in software development, um, and not to say like I work in a perfect environment. <laughs> it's by far not the case, um, and. But I'm, I'm just saying that like uh, I think there's a lot of work that could be taken on by developers and the actual like looking at product develop like software developments, the whole integration with the product and everything, like you're developing a product, you're developing features for that product. The code is almost a side effect, right? It's just a means to an end. Um, and seeing that as a whole, so you better understand when you write the code that you're able to write better tests in the first place. That there's not ambiguity there as to what the thing means. Um, that you've had discussions with people that that want to, you know, you're talking about user acceptance. Like, how many times do you have like a discussion with people that are going to use this stuff? And like, do you feel like you truly know, or is it like a one liner and a Trello card? You know, what I see is like one line and Trello card. Someone goes off and implements what they think that is and you get it out there and you have issues and it's like well why why didn't we fix that up front why didn't we come to mutual understanding and ask questions and like you also have to have some kind of vision i think you need some kind of experience you need to be able to visualize and to know like what does this look like as an end um what does it look like as a feature like okay let's super high level for developers like you need to know when you read something, what it looks like as a feature in the actual app. How would you use it? How would customers use it? You have to be able to visualize it and understand how data flows and like what the UI kind of looks like. And just just have a general idea and be able to talk to someone about that that's non-developer, like the person ask, asking about the feature. right? So you guys have to have that mutual understanding. You have to be able to visualize what that looks like, and then you have to apply it down to your system. So you have to know where does it plug in at, and does it fit into the current architecture? Do you have to adjust the architecture? Um, you know, if it, is it just MVC and you're just doing data entry? Well, great, you can just add a model of view controller, whatever you're done, right? Or does it go beyond that? Um, and I, I'm, I'm just saying that maybe a lot of people don't necessarily go through a lot of work when they do development, but they just get. Um, you know, Bob would like to get, you know, do X in the app. You know, and it's like, oh, X, okay, I think I know what that means. Like I go off and I feature branch something and then it's like, you know, I do a lot of work and is this it? And they're like, no, no, that's not X. Like, or worse, you ship it to production and that's not X.
0: I I, I totally agree with you, Jason, on that point. I, I just don't, I don't come to the same conclusion that's like, <laughs> yeah, so just ship code all the time, right? <laughs> Developers always mess up, so you should just ship all of your code. I, like that's,
2: <laughs> I'm saying just oh, okay, okay. <laughs> the re- the reason I harp on it is to say that um, you we really need to realize that you know we're we're relying on these crutches that we live in a bad world of software development. Like I, I hope software <laughs> development just keeps on improving in general, but we live in a pretty shitty world right now. Um I I feel like like there's a lot of issues with software out there and like you talk to people that just use software and they don't write it and they hate it, right? Everyone hates it. So it's it's bad. Um and I ideal think of that ideal. Like ideally I'd push to master and things would just kind of work. We have all these all these other things developed because we can't quite do that yet, obviously. Either because of technology, or process, or people—one of the, you know, one or a combination of the three—and um, I, I, I say these things, but I'm just saying that to uh, get you to think about it more. Because it's not like, don't double down on crutches, right? Like, build a better crutch. Let's keep working on a crutch. No, like, ideally, like, we just do good stuff. Um, and I realize that's, that's not where we're at, but. Like, try to think of it that way. Yeah,
0: I think that's an interesting way to put it. I think we need some sort of crutch. We are, we are human beings and we are infallible. Uh, or We are fallible, right? Yeah. That's how that word works. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> we do need some sort of systems. That's why we generate systems. That's why in your average developers, you cannot just have like three people pushing to one master branch. Um, even if those three people are great, um, there's a, a lot of things we've already talked about. Something you might you might just want to build something and have to, and show it to somebody. Show it to my fellow developer. Go, hey, I want to. Sh- I have an idea for this thing. I'm going to spend an hour. I'm going to spike something out. I would like you to look at it. I would like you to test it. I I think it looks good. Can you check it out? So, even outside of like, not. I, I agree that I think a lot of developers don't necessarily have a tester or even user mindset, and they bang on their computer for a while until the code looks good in front of them and they ship it and they'll and they ship it off to testers that you know may might even be external party, you know, might be even overseas party. It's like, okay, well, they'll come back with the bugs, and uh, you know I'll check Reddit in the meantime. And like when I get the list of bugs back, I'll fix those bugs. I definitely think I have seen that mentality in people, and um, I—it's not good. Um, I have—I've had—I've been in situations where somebody has given me code review, and I've like done a manual test, and it, and you know it doesn't work, and there were, you know they have responded like negatively to that. Is like, well, just check the code. Like the testers will do that. It's like. No, that is not. I need to. I need to understand the feature in order to understand the code. A lot of stuff that you're saying, uh, Jason, where as a developer you kind of need to understand the whole product in order to understand if the code is even good. Like, oh, this is a pro- this is a feature. You know, there's a new type of content, and if this feature goes off, we're going to need to create a bunch of this type of content. So therefore, we need to pay. You know, we need to. Spend a little more time making this code performant, or or any number of other reasons where understanding the full picture is necessary to do any type of review on the on the code or the product as a whole.
2: Yeah, I've I've got a quick story it, and kind of relates to it. It's the other day we were there was a bug. I think I got it and I looked at it. It's something like there's a stat. There's three stats. And you change like a, a time picker, a date range picker. It's like a week, a month, a year, whatever. And they were saying that one of the stats didn't change. Um, and I look, and all these stats have been changed recently, because I, I my go-to now is is pretty much look to see who's changed code recently and track down to see what PRs have done. So I do appreciate PRs actually because of that history um, and being able to see things that they reference in the data there. So that's my little secret. Um, and uh, tracking it, it turns out this thing has always been like this for forever. <laughs> like, you've never had that stat change. And it's like, well, is this is that a bug? Like, it's been out here forever and people have been using it. Is it not a feature by now? That like, <laughs> how did we deliver this thing and it never changed that number? No one ever thought to test it. You know, there's no... There's no code to test it. There's no manual test. But now all of a sudden we have a bug saying that this thing doesn't work the way it should. And I agree, it shouldn't work like that. But I don't, to me, it's kind of hilarious that it got to that point. And uh, it happens a lot in software development, actually.
1: Yeah, that, that made me think of something, too. So let's say it really is a bug, and it is fairly recent, and it's high visibility. People are aware of it. I think a good case for a separate branch, you know, a bug fix branch or whatever whatever you want to call it, and actually testing it and deploying it from that branch to a test environment is you really want to make sure you fix that because you clearly missed it the first time. So it must not be good enough to say, well, I tested it on my machine and I know I write good code and I wrote good unit tests. You'd really want to deploy that and make sure you fix it before you ship a new version and tell people you fixed it because every time you every time you change software and ship something it's possible you're making it worse right so when uh, when the event you're doing is to fix something you better it better be better than it was the last time
2: that's a good definition for quality
1: better than it was
0: before <laughs> yeah i i've definitely normally it's at the commit level and not the deployment level but you know i'll i'll have three three commits in a row that say fix you know fixes this bug really fixes this bug fixes an edge case of this bug you know like uh, that that's just that's just what it's like to be a human you know
1: yeah uh and then i i want to do another example like even on projects where it's my personal project it's just me there's no risk of anybody stepping on my code i like feature branches and, you know, review, you know, review app deploys and all that stuff because I don't know what I'm doing. Like, or I do, I don't, you know, even though I'm the end customer, I don't even know what I want. So I like being able to like really truly run an experiment, push it out there. You know, it's saved somewhere. I didn't ship it. It's didn't overwrite anything. Come back to it later. You know, try out the app on a few different. You know, try out the review app on a few different devices, and then decide, yeah, this is pretty good. All right, now let's clean it up, and then let's actually ship it.
2: Yeah. So now, now that I got all my ranting over, like it is, it is valuable to have the PR and have a diff of changes, and to do your own code review um, because you you have the system in your mind at that point or what you just did, especially if it's a bigger feature. You're able to look at it as a whole at that point, you know, a multiple, you know, a whole commit range and see all those changes together and be able to identify potential refactorings, things like that. Because you could do like localized refactorings, right, of a single method or something. But then when you put all that together because you're delivering, you know, a larger feature, you're able to have that diff uh, when you go to merge, um, I think that's that's pretty valuable. And it's also, like I said, it's grouped, so the next the next guy that is in there and wants to know why things are the way they are and they do a Git blame and they can track back to the PR that was the genesis of that change, you know, they have some type of history there and maybe even some documentation in a GitHub PR about what happened. Um, so there's historical value, you know, within doing that type of work too outside of that just like um the, the review app is good and having like an integration of a specific feature um it's valuable the,
0: the pr is also a great place to put your uh test uh, steps um if if your pr doesn't have test steps then what is it doing like if, if it's a refactor or something like that, you, you still have test steps. You still say like, yeah, this stuff should all still work, right? You, you should always have some form of test steps. Um, and if you don't, then you should get into that mindset of, if I were to come to this, how would I actually, how would I be able to say, yes, I, I have tested it. it. The code looks like it's going to do the things it's supposed to do. And I I approve it if it's just like adds you know adds this page, um and somebody like uh you know is like yep that code looks good it looks like it adds that page you know it's like well I ha- that is a good opportunity to do like that base level test of it does the things that it's supposed to do um there's probably some information out in some project management software somewhere that some product owner is going to look at much later and stuff like that. But if you can put the test uh, information right there, um, you know, you're going to just going to catch the bugs earlier and that's good.
1: Yeah. If if Jason's experiment is no branches, just deploy, then I want my experiment to be no stories, just test cases.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That, that'd be good. I think you do, uh, just test cases, no stories. Plus, commit directly to master. It, so it, good.
1: It could be a thing. If we didn't, if we didn't care about <laughs> looking at the code later, <laughs> it, that might be the the fastest way to ship software, and also the fastest way to get into technical debt.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the fastest way to ship software for a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Thank you for taking the time to listen to our thoughts here on The New Best Practices. We are on the internet at thenewbestpractices.com. You can find our contact information there. We're on Twitter and whatnot. Feel free to yell at us. If you enjoy this program, please leave a rating on your podcast platform of choice and tell your friends. We are currently, very slowly, working on the next season. And any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks again. We look forward to next time.